This podcast contains spoilers, explicit language, and is not made for anyone under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to John vs. Film. And today we are taking a look at 1968's Camera Tai Uchu Kaiju Virus, or also known as Gamera vs. Virus, or Virus, or however you want to pronounce it. The movie was directed by Noriaki Yuasa and written by Nissan Takahashi. And these are pretty much the two that we'll see pretty much throughout the entirety of the Showa era Gamera trilogy. So, yes, uh, my cat just jumped out of my lap. So I had that, I have that going for me. Uh, but other than cats jumping out of people's laps, this podcast is about me talking about movies, primarily from Japan. And yeah, I talk about five things I like. And then I go into five things I dislike or have criticisms with. And we are starting the alien trend with the Gamera movies. And I'm going to read you my little synopsis that I wrote out. So here's the synopsis for the movie. Aliens from the planet Virus are looking to conquer the Earth but are instead greeted by Gamera, who is now a full-time protector. To counter Gamera, they decide to kidnap two Boy Scouts in order to force Gamera to be under their control. It's up to the Boy Scouts to free Gamera from his stock footage prison so Gamera can protect the Earth once more. So, yeah, you could, you could probably tell that uh, this movie was the beginning of... Where things start to, you know, the budget starts to get a little bit cut. And I will talk about that later on in the podcast. But it, it, it's definitely, this movie's definitely a start of an unfortunate trend for these movies. And probably where it's one of those examples of, oh, yep, cheap Godzilla knockoff reputation comes from. But anyway... I, I kind of just want to get through this. <laughs> it's not that I didn't like the movie, but I don't know. I just recorded uh, another episode right before this one. So I'm kind of worn out, but gotta do what you gotta do. So anyway, start off with the five things I like. Then the first thing I like is the intro to... Of this movie, the intro of this movie, and how it leads into the opening credits, and what the opening credits introduce us to. Something I've been looking forward to when starting this camera movie marathon. Because, as a side note, a uh, little tangent here, these episodes are coming out weekly. Well, I'm not watching these movies weekly, I'm actually watching them, you know, day by day, and recording these, you know, pretty much. One day after the other. Uh, granted, I'm going to be taking breaks, you know, during the weekends and stuff like that. So, but I'm pretty much having a Gamera movie marathon, so I'm watching these movies pretty back to back. And but 
since I started this little Gamera movie marathon, I've been really looking forward to this. But but let's get back to the main point. Is that the intro, it starts off with the aliens actually, you know, coming into, you know, Earth's orbit. They We see them in space, and we see that they have Earth on the monitor, and it's like, yep, we're approaching Earth. This is the planet we've been looking forward to. And then Gamera comes into space and actually attacks a spaceship and actually, you know, destroys that spaceship. You know, it's like there was a battle in space. It's a great opening to show that, you know, the that the aliens are like, oh, we got to take care of Gamera, you know, for the next ship that comes. But what I really love is that pretty much before the ship is destroyed, it, uh, you know, the aliens on that ship are like, hey, we're going to send a message back to our planet. Like, hey, send another spaceship. And But this time, you got to be aware of, you know, before it says that it cuts to the title, you know, and to the song. Gamera, Gamera. You know, that, the iconic Gamera song. We all know and love it. That's how it, you know, jumps into that. And the opening credits plays you know, our beloved Gamera song. You know, the one song that I find to be really neat. And also, apologies ahead of time. I, my neighbor has decided to mow the lawn. So if you hear that, I, I'm i really sorry. <laughs> but, now to go back into it. So, other than the song, because the song is great. The intro overall, it does set a good, it's a great little story for one that's, you know, but it also sets up the rest of the movie going forward because, you know, we get the introduction to the aliens, we get to see what their spaceship's like, and we get to see that, you know, that, you know, and for the rest of the movie, their goal is to be after Gamera. You know, while they're wanting to conquer Earth, they, you know, it's a great introduction to this movie. Uh, I can't really formulate my thoughts as to why, but I just think, you know, it's just like, it sets everything up pretty nicely for what we need to know, that Gamera is the hero, aliens are coming after Earth, and that the aliens have to find some way to defeat Gamera first before they can conquer Earth. Uh, so, and I, I guess I'll briefly touch upon the song a bit more, is that it's the Gamera song. It's the one that's used in the ne- you know, in the movies coming forward, and it, it's really catchy. Mystery Science Theater has that great parody where Doctor Forrester is kind of a jerk, and Frank is really dumb too. <laughs> but seriously, this is a catchy song, and I love to hear it every time it pops up in the Gamera movies. Uh, but anyway, with the intro out inside, is that uh, the next point actually, you know, comes from this intro, or at least the intro part is leading into this, is that the Beerus aliens themselves are, I really like. They are, you know, they are creepy, you know, in some scenes, you know, because, like, we get to see scenes where they're, you know, they look like humans, but then when the lights turn off, their eyes start to flash. It's pretty creepy, you know. So the aliens themselves are pretty creepy, but then they turn to a squid-like, 
you know, kaiju, you know, the virus that you probably know of if you were watching this. It, it's the one of the poster and the thumbnail or whatever. It's the squid camera kaiju, but, you know, which I, I'll, I'll talk to at the end, talk about, I, I won't literally talk to the, <laughs> I don't know why I said, I'll talk to Virus Alien. Yeah, no, I just have them on speed dial. Like, hey, Virus, how's it going? Yeah, uh, are you free tonight? Yeah, secretly, I have uh, connections to all these kaiju and have been getting interviews exclusively. <laughs> okay, but, but, but seriously, though, I'll talk about the kaiju part after I get to the aliens themselves. Um, so, like I mentioned before, the aliens, that for the majority of the movie, they have this creepy presence to them. And their spaceship is actually pretty cool. They have these really neat triangle monitor screens, uh, as well as, like, uh, you know, the ship itself is pretty cool, and it can, like... Uh, there's a little mechanic where you can, like, the balls on the ship, they, like, uh, the, they can turn the jets inside where to extinguish cameras, flames, you know, be more like a ring, you know, it, it's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and also, balls, don't, don't think anything naughty about those, you know, guys, knock it off, we're, we're done talking about Beerus's balls, or Beerus's balls. <laughs> Uh, so, but anyway, the spaceship's pretty cool. You know, but, you know, you get the sense that they are actually somewhat of an intimidating threat to Earth. And are actually pretty smart because the thing that they use is like, okay, so the second ship that comes to Earth, they actually trap Gamera. And in their dome, it's like, okay, we got only 15 minutes left, so we're going to just probe Gamera's mind, you know, look through his memory, and that plays stock footage. Which I'll get to. I'll talk about it. But when they find out, it's like, oh, Gamera's a friend to all children. You know, or he has a fondness for children or the humans. Cool. So in order to stop Gamera, we're going to kidnap two children and use them as hostages. So I like that aspect where the aliens, you know, are smart to the point where it's like, yes. Okay, we're going to use what, you know, like something that Gamera is attached to as, you know, a weakness. Like, you know, we're going to use the thing he loves against him to be like, yeah, you love humanity. Well, guess what? We got humans on this ship. Wait, what are you going to do? Yeah, you can't attack us. Go, go land. Go land right now. Yeah, we're, we're the bosses. But <laughs> uh, with that failed comedic bit aside... It is really nice to see when villains are smart like that. It's like, oh, we'll just do that. Yeah. Uh, so, that was cool. Uh, this next point is actually has to talk about the two. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Before I get to that, I gotta talk about the Kaiju himself. I promise. The Kaiju himself, it's... I've been a little back and forth whether I like it or not, but... You know, I, I feel like I like the Kaiju aspect. You know, himself for Ferris. You know, he's not one of the most iconic designs from the Gamera movies. Or one of the most iconic villains. He has a very simple design. He looks like a giant squid. But the way he's able to use his tentacles, you know, to attack Gamera is really cool. And also, I love... Like, I mainly love his, like, head tentacle thing. Or 
Uh, let me look it up. See what they're called. <laughs> uh, da, 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 da. I'm looking at the Gojipedia page. <laughs> no. Let's see. Uh, I, I I don't know what to call it. It's like. He has like these pointy tentacle parts, you know, on the top of his head that he can use to either grab onto stuff, you know, with those, but he can like use to be act like sort of a knife and he actually stabs Gamera in the chest. That's pretty cool. You know, so he's simple, but he is in some ways effective. You know, he's he's one of those just simply cool kaiju. But anyway, enough about the virus. Uh, let's talk about the two, you know, let's go, talk about my next point, which is the two child leads and the supporting cast. You know, I briefly mentioned that I think the supporting cast is, you know, decent enough. There isn't a lot of screen time on them, but they do their job, you know. And one of the supporting cast is actually the final appearance of. Kojiro Hongo, who has appeared as two other characters, you know, in previous Gamera movies. He played, you know, the foreman in the last movie, and he played the younger brother and the main star of Rugan. Here, Kojiro plays Scoutmaster Shimada-san, and the two boys... But uh, the rest of the supporting cast, you know, are the most notable one. I mean, we got the Scoutmaster, you know, he's, you know, he plays the main adult in the movie. Then you have uh, one of the boys' older sister, Mariko, who is played by Michiko Yaigaki. You know, she's fine. Uh, And, you know, and there's just a lot of, like, you know, minor characters as well. Uh, we do get the return of Koji Fujiyama as commander of self-defense force. Uh, Koji Fujiyama, you know, he played Onodera in Gamma vs. Brugan, so I really like that. You know, I really like o- Onodera, so it's cool to see him return. But for the supporting cast, you know, they're fine, like I said, and this is again Kojiro Hongo's last camera movie, you know, and he doesn't do too much a lot, you know, in this movie. So it's not really a like a farewell. So like his role was vastly reduced, you know, from his two previous ones where he was more of a headliner. The real stars, though, are you know the two boys that get kidnapped by the Virus aliens. One of them is. Masao Nakaya, Nakaya, yeah, Masao Nakaya, <coughs> Nakaya. I'm I, I'm trying to pronounce it right. Oh uh, yeah, so Masao, who is played by Toru Takas, <coughs> Toru Takatsuka, Toru Takatsuka. I probably am saying it wrong. It's either Toru Takatsuka or Toru Taka, you know, uh, it's one of those, like, I'm reading the Romanji, that's the thing, 
you know, I'm reading it off the IMDb, so it's hard to say. But yeah, Masao is played by Tou Takatsuka. And then we got the other kid who is Caucasian. And his name is Jim Crane. And Jim Crane is played by Carl Craig. And there, there's actually something pretty cool. Is that, uh, you know, like the kids. <laughs> the kids are pretty cool. Because uh, the thing is, they are again not Toshio. But they are uh, the mischievous pranksters of these movies. But their pranks, you know, ultimately help them save the world and free Gamera from the mind control of the virus aliens. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention Gamera is mind controlled in this movie. You know, after virus aliens take the kids hostage, they make Gamera land and they use mind control on Gamera to attack Japan. You know, so it's like, aha, that's another thing about the aliens. They're like using Earth's greatest weapon, essentially, to, you know, against Earth. But, you know, the two child leads are very, you know, lovable. They're like, you know, again, they're the mischievous pranksters, but who ultimately have a good heart. And I got to give props to Carl Craig, who, you know, like Toru and Carl, they're both, you know, child actors. But Carl Craig, you know, he also, you know, he's an American born, you know, he's a native English speaker. Or, uh, let's see. Yeah, this was like his only acting job, by the way. You know, Carl Craig, he, he only played as Jim Crane in, you know, Gamera vs. Virus. Um, but I'm trying to th see if I can get... Uh, yeah, I'm looking at his like, bio on IMDb. Yeah, so he was born in the U.S. And... He had no ambitions being actor, you know, but he wasn't, you know, he played, you know, the co-lead in Gamma for Spears. And, but I have to give him super props, you know, for not being a trained actor. He's just a kid who has, you know, who know, you know, knew how to speak fluent Japanese, but, you know, essentially he does a good job in this movie. He, you know, he does a good job. You know, and there's a lot of... Like... Acting in its own is trouble. But acting in a language that's not your native language... Is another thing. And he does a phenomenal job here in this movie. So huge props to him. But... Yeah, anyway. And... You know, well... That's like Jim's case, you know. You know, he's kind of like uh, the sidekick to Toru. Like, uh, I'm sorry, Masao. Because Masao, he's the... You know... He, like, uh, made a smartwatch before... You know, smartwatches were his thing. Because uh, in the movie... He has a... He invented this little, like... You know, watch that, like... Uh, tells him where his location is. And can communicate with another watch that his sister has you know so he's able to communicate that way and also there is good chemistry you know chemistry between Masao and Jim and also Masao and Jim aren't idiots 
they actually try to get out the you know ship and they are successful in overcoming the aliens so like that that's another thing I gotta appreciate this movie is that they make it so that the aliens aren't stupid but they have to be beaten by the kids somehow so they do that by making the kids not stupid so it's not like oh you know like because you know you gotta think there is some incompetency to you know your alien threat if they're able to be taken out by a couple of kids but no we established early on in the movie that at least one of them is good with gadgets you know is good with technology is able to do some really cool adventurous things so he's already smart you know and they also have this mischievous you know attitude to them so you know that uh they they're not your average kid so it only takes those non-average kids to be able to take you know to outsmart the aliens essentially i hope my rambling made any lick of sense but yeah i i just want to give the credit to the two child leads they were good i didn't feel they were annoying whatsoever and they were very entertaining uh, the next point, this is going to be a pretty short one, but I want to say I really like the level runtime. I think an hour and 15 minutes, that's what it says on IMDb. That that was a good running time. It's It didn't overstay its welcome at all. You know, it was pretty to the point. And then the final point is I just want to give credit to the writing here. I think the writing... You know, was pretty strong. It did some really good job with the foreshadowing or just establishing things. So it's not like, oh, like they established, you know, with a prank with a submarine that Masao is able to, you know, what Masao did, he could do that to the spaceship. So it's not just out random, like, oh yeah, Masao just knows how to take apart the alien ship. No, they had to establish that he's good with technology and stuff like that. And then they, Again, the intro, I thought that was good as well to establish that, you know, seen early on. So the aliens know that Gamera is a threat that they have to take care of. You know, so just, you know, minor things, you know, where you would think that is like basic Bones writing. But at the same time, I feel like it can be forgotten about where, like... Some writers do forget about these basic things, or there is, you know, it's easier to goof up. And but no, the writing here is pretty solid, you know, in all retrospect. It's not like a masterpiece writing, but it gets the job done and gets the job done right. And that's what I think matters. It's a good enough backbone for this movie to work off of. Alright, so th those are my praises for the movie, but now is time for me to talk about the things I just do not like about this movie. Some of them are nitpicks, but I think more or not, this one has some valid criticisms. Uh, the first point is that this movie has some weird music choices. Uh, there's only one scene in particular where I felt like, that was a weird play. <laughs> Weird soundtrack to play during that scene. So, okay. Like I mentioned earlier, is that the aliens, they capture Gamera, you know, and probe his mind. Well, Gamera was underwater, you know, playing with Masao and Jim in, 
as Masao Jim are piloting this, you know, little yellow submarine and that they don't live in. It's it's too small to live in. But you know, so the boys get stuck, you know, in that bubble as well. So they have to ask Gamera to help and Gamera actually lives under the force shield, you know, just enough for the boys to get through. Uh so it's a pretty dramatic scene, but yet they play like such a the music choice in that scene was like it was like a whimsical uh childlike it's hard to it's hard to describe because I, I kind of forgot how the melody goes, but it's pretty much like mundane would be like, you know, just lighthearted. Oh, yeah, it's fine. It's it's all good. Lighthearted. But it's fun. It's like, no, this is a serious moment of life and death. This is the wrong. You know, don't be playing la di da di da in a moment of Gamera trying to free, you know, these two kids from you know, this bubble underwater, you know, from these aliens. And also, the thing is, we also have the tension of the ship doesn't have a lot of oxygen, so they're going to run out of oxygen if they don't get their butts out of here. So it's a, it's kind of a high-stakes thing, and yet you're playing la-di-da-di-da, woo-hoo, yep, everything's fine kind of music. And it's just like, weird choice. I don't. I don't think I would have gone with that. <laughs> so, I, I wish I remembered the melody of how it went, but I don't. So, yeah. But I, I hope I get the point across there. <laughs> Again, watch the movie. Just, just do that first before you listen to my podcast, or don't do whatever you want. I don't care. But anyway, I'm off to my next point. Is that uh, uh, the slash budget? The budget is, uh, yeah, you could tell this by uh, the movie got a cut budget, and apparently, again, like I did before the previous, you know, Gamera movies, I watched the August Rigoni intro, and apparently, even though Gamera's been doing well, uh, Daya cut the budget, and the reason was is Destroy All Monsters came out. And Destroy All Monsters was sort of supposed to be the finale of the Godzilla series. And, you know, and you also got to think Ultra 7 was, you know, running its course or is either has ended, you know, or it's about to end, you know. And that was like kind of the last trio of Ultra shows from A.G. Tsubaya. So, you know. Dai to themselves were thinking, oh shit, this Kaiju Boom thing. Uh, it might be a bus, guys, so let's not, you know, put a big gamble on this. We gotta pay safe, so uh, we're gonna cut the budget for your guys' movies. Sorry, not sorry. We, we, we just wanna make money. You know, so yeah, the you know, creative team had to deal with slash budget, you know, from the previous movies, which hurt the movie overall. And apparently the first thing to go was the runtime. So there was that. But the thing is the budget budget uh, is this is again, a, this is another trend that got started with this movie is to cut the budget. You know, the budget ain't going to be big. So, 
yeah, this movie had, unfortunately, not a good budget to work on. And I say that's a criticism because, you know, it you can tell from the previous movies that the studio was just, you know, it cut the budget. Uh, the next point is that the we only get one major kaiju fight in this movie with Virus at the end of the movie, which is kind of a far cry from the previous two movies that had, you know, kaiju fights. Because you at least got two battles between the monsters. One where, you know, Gamera is actually kind of the loser. While the, then there was the last one where Gamera's the winner. Here it's just kind of like one long, you know, longer you know, fight at the end. Uh, you know, and I guess, you know, technically it's not a problem inherently to have only one fight. But at the same time, it, it's if you don't have the best buildup for it, which this movie didn't really have a great buildup to, you know, the fight personally, because you know while we do see the kaiju form of Beerus in the movie, it got foreshadowed or hinted at early on. You know, we do see it like in a cage. We don't get a grasp of what this kaiju is, you know, what their abilities are like until the fight. So it's one of those we can't really gauge of what sort of threat the, you know, virus is, you know, at least physically. You know, and not only that, it's just, uh, you know, uh, Again, it's a symptom of the slash budget, you know, just seeing that one fight. And and also, again, having only one fight is not inherently bad, but this is going to lead me on to my next point, which is the final fight itself was lacking compared to the previous two. Now, like I mentioned, again, it's it could have been, you know, a lack of buildup, but I feel like, you know, that was a part of it. But at the same time, it just it didn't have that same cinematic feel to it or the stakes weren't there uh, compared to the two movies I guess you know previous two movies you know like you felt like with Gamma versus Perugan that you know last fight was a fight to the death somebody's gonna die you know this is you know, all bets are off same thing with Gauss it's one of those you know, we've tried everything. This is it. This is the final showdown. One's gonna die. You know, you got that cinematic oof, and part of it was, you know, again, we've seen, you know, these kaiju in action, and we've seen the failed attempts of trying to take them down. We haven't had those failed attempts in this movie, and it feels more akin to Ultraman, like an episode of Ultraman where, you know. Like, uh, there's that one fight at the end of an Ultraman episode, but I don't even really want to compare it to Ultraman that expense because I feel like it, it's different. One, there are TV episodes, so it's not really a fair comparison for one and two. There's more build up to the kaiju and alien in each episode of Ultraman than there is to this movie where we get a lot of gamma. You know, I, I'm just kind of realizing this now. This is like the opposite problem of Gamera versus Perugan, 
where the balance got shifted way to the other side, where it's like too much Gamera, not enough Beerus. <laughs> you know, so it's a balancing problem. I thought, you know, Gauss had a perfect balance, Gamera versus Gauss, but now they've just shifted way too much on the other side, and it's the, most of the kaiju action is on Gamera. And unfortunately, this leads me on to my final point, and this is that this is a start of an unfortunate trend in the series, and that trend is stock footage. Ooh boy, uh, stock footage is uh, not great here. Uh, so okay. There's, you know, a little stock footage when they're probing Gamera's mind. That was short enough, you know, that scene was fine. You know, like, the thing with stock footage, it's not inherently bad, but it depends how it's used. Here, it's not used great. Not in that, like, in that scene, it's actually okay. It's okay to play a little stock footage as, you know, kind of flashback. Uh, to Gamera's memories. That's fine. But what was not fine. Is when Gamera's attacking the city. Under the various mind control. They're only using stock footage. From Gamera versus Barugan. And Daikaiju Gamera. And it's especially bad with Daikaiju Gamera. Because if you remember. Daikaiju Gamera. Is in black and white. This movie, Gamma vs. Virus, is in color. So it makes the stock footage just even more noticeable. And that's used as the prime, you know, most of the action, you know, for that scene. You know, again, there is a lot of, you know, new action. We got the final fight at the end, and we have Gamma attacking the spaceship. So it's not like it's the only fight, but it's a good chunk of the action is stock footage from the first two Gamera movies where Gamera is attacking the city. So that goes into the noticeable slash budget. But yeah, how they use the stock footage here was not great. So, you know, and that, that, and again, it's a disappointing trend that is started with this movie. But that, that's it for my dislike, so it's time to wrap it all up with my overall thoughts. While still entertaining, it is a step down from the previous movie. Oh, all the previous movies, to be honest. Uh, the child stars were likable and the aliens were engaging. Unfortunately, it was clear that the movie could have used a bigger budget, so it wouldn't have to heavily rely on stock footage. This movie is ultimately where I believe the cheap Godzilla knockoff reputation started. And pretty much that's it for my review of Gamera vs. Spheris. Next week it is going to be Gamera vs. Guron and the whole journey of finding a world without traffic accidents. So can't wait for next week. And... I also want to say thank you all so much for listening. Uh, make sure if you're on YouTube, subscribe, press the like button, dislike if you just don't like me. Uh, leave a comment to tell me what I did right or what I did wrong. 
And also follow me on other podcast outlets. Uh, right now, this is the time of recording. I'm on Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean.com, and Podcast Addicts. There may or may not be more on the way. We'll see. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day. Take care.